I'm Danielle West. Welcome to Intentional Marriages Podcast, where we share vulnerable insights about marriage. Well, welcome so much, Marcella, to Intentional Marriages Podcast. Danielle, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. And I love you calling me Daniela because I don't know if you remember, but I used to work in Puerto Rico for 10 years. I remember. And I was Daniela Sabanas. <laughs> Sabanas. I know. Jeez, of course. Right? Sabanas. Well, you know, the kind of reaction I got from the men. So I very quickly changed it to Daniela Papeles. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So you can call me Daniela anytime. <laughs> it brings back good memories. I met Marcella through a small group curriculum. It was a short-term group called Thrive. It was a marriage curriculum held by our church. And her and her husband joined several other couples. And we had a blast getting to know you and your husband, Ray. So much so that each week we would have a couple go through and share their story. And you were on board. You're like, I'm ready any week. And your husband's like kicking you under the table, like, I'm not going. <laughs> and he became very verbal about, I am not sharing my story. And Russ is, you know, Ray is very engaging and open like Russ is. And Russ is like, come on, Ray, share your story. And Ray's like, I'm not sharing my story. Don't even try to talk me into it. Like, and we're like, okay, you don't have to share your story. But every week at the very end, we're like, are you sure you don't want to? He's like, nope, I'm not going to. So finally, we're almost at the eighth or ninth week. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he volunteered. He's like, I'll share my story. And we're like, in shock. We're like, great. So we allot about 30 minutes for a couple to share their story for both, you know, to give both some time. Well, Ray starts his story. And literally 45 minutes later, he is still talking. And we're like, we're sorry, we have to bring the evening to a close. But Marcella, would you like to share your story next week? I mean, we had to bump you. Mm -hmm. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember. So, but the minute he started talking, I mean, all it did was draw all of us closer to him. And we have just loved you guys ever since. So Thank you. I remember that day in particular because he, he didn't want to share the story and nobody could keep quiet. Like, come on. Wrap it up. <laughs> you know, you say no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good memories. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So how did you and Ray meet? Well, for starters, you know, um, we're a bicultural couple. Uh, Ray is from Kentucky. I'm originally from Colombia. I was living in Boca Raton, Florida. And the com I was doing consulting work. And the company I was doing some consulting hired Ray as a by VP of sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. So I had to start reporting to him directly, but I was a big expense <laughs> for his PL, you know. So he decided that he wanted to get rid of me. Oh. <laughs> yes. I could say that we met through Skype. She was a virtual first, you know. Time well, through Sky, so we used to have business calls, but he 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 couldn't wait to get rid of me. So yeah, I didn't like him at first either. So, oh, but a Christmas party was coming up at the company. The company is based in Ohio, in Dayton, Ohio. So Ray, his father is Spanish. So I didn't know that he knew how to dance salsa, merengue, all the music that I like and. 
And he, he said, hey, you want to go to the, the Christmas party? And Dayton, Ohio, he said, I didn't get invited. He said, I'll get you uh, an invite. So he got me invited and applied. Everything paid. So wow. I went to Dayton, Ohio, and that's how we first met in person. It was like, interesting because we, we, get, we got to dance. And he said, oh my God. This gringo knows how to dance. That's amazing. Love that that he know how to dance. So, and that's how he started. That was uh, two thousand December two thousand ten. Um, we got engaged six months later. Oh wow! Yeah, and we moved up here to Atlanta. I moved in August, and we got married in November of two thousand eleven. Okay. So that's a short story, but that's how we met. God has different plans for us. You know, he did at the time, and, you know, and here we are. Very cool. Same, almost seven years later. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So how did he propose to you? Oh, it was, um, I used to have a, a condo on the beach in Stewart. I don't know, you know. Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Stewart, Florida. So the kids knew, my children and his uh, son, and the, he was going to propose. So he invited out everybody to the beach, like 11 o'clock at night, 11, 11.30. It was uh, June 17th, 17th. So it was full moon, beautiful. And right at me before midnight, he got on his knees and he proposed right in front of the beach. Pretty much at 12 o'clock. So June 18th in front of the children. So it was very nice because the kids were there and it was very romantic and it was beautiful. It was really, really nice the way he did it. Very I was like, what? (laughs) Were you surprised? (laughs) Of course, because he, we've been talking about me moving up here to Atlanta, but I loved Florida. You know, Mm -hmm. I lived down there for 14 years. My kids, my children grew up in Florida, so... And, and all my friends were in Florida. So, but uh, he said, okay, why don't you move up here? So we've been talking about it, but uh, yeah, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was going to be doing it so soon. Yeah. So, and yeah. here we are seven years later. And it's beautiful that he included the kids. <laughs> oh, yes. It, it was really, really nice. And very thoughtful of him to include the children. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. And how many kids are there? Well, I have two children. Ages uh, 25, my son just turned 23, and he has three children. The oldest is like 29, mm-hmm. um, 28, 29. Chase is, I believe, 27, and the little one, Harrison, is 15 now. Wow. But he's like 220 pounds, believe it or not. No. He's huge. Yeah, he's huge. Huge, huge. I think he was eight or nine when we met. Yes, wow. he was a little little boy. Now he's huge. He's a young man now. So he's 15 years old. He's already driving with permit. But That's a scary yeah. time, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> Still not with me. I said, no, you first practice with your dad. I'm not ready. And stay on the back roads. Do not get on four. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Right. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a tough transition. Now you were doing some kind of consulting. I got. I remember that you and Ray used to work together when we met you. Like, where are you today with all of that? Yes, we we used to have a translation company together. Well, that's how we met in the industry. And so when we 
we got in, uh, we got, when we got married, they said, okay, let's work together. He knew sales and new operations, uh, how to run a translation company. Um, we did it ever since 2012. You know, we got married in November 2012. And it was a nightmare. Oh. I, yeah, it was a nightmare because uh, he wanted to do it his way. I wanted to do it my way. And, <laughs> You know, we didn't want to compromise, <laughs> meet in the middle, nothing like that. And it was hard. Um, it yeah. was putting a toll on our marriage. And so after, hmm, my gosh, 2000, until last year, 2017, yes, we, I kind of worked together with him on and off mm -hmm. until I said, you know, I, I felt that it was time to just... And my dad, my dad was a, an entrepreneur and he used to tell us, do not, do not work with your spouse because there is a time, there's a moment in your marriage that all you talk about is work. It ends up being all about yes, work. all about work. Right, and, right. So, and besides that, we work from home. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine, he was in the basement, I was on the main level, 24-7. Yeah. 24-7 talking about the same thing. Yeah. And it wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. It wasn't fun. We were not making much progress in the business. We were definitely fighting a lot, and and it was hard. It was yeah, hard, that could and put a strain. It, oh, definitely, and it was very, very hard until you know he finally kind of gave up um, because I wanted to. I felt a call that I needed to help Hispanic women, mm -hmm. and through yeah. A retreat, actually it's not a retreat, it's more like a weekend, a spiritual weekend called Tres Dias con Cristo. And I attended as a candidate, they call it candidate, participant in 2014. And I had just gone through cancer, by the way, <laughs> you know. Yes, I remember yes. that. You had breast cancer, Yeah, right? I had breast cancer in 2013. And, but I had just accepted Jesus in, mm. on April 28th. 2013, and I got my double mastectomy June 28th. Wow. Exactly two months wow. after I accepted the Lord in my life. So, but that experience, I wanted, I wanted to, to get to know him more. Mm -hmm. Even though I had been raised Catholic, I wanted to, I, I was so thirsty for getting to know Jesus more and more. So everything I was invited, yeah, I do, yeah. yes, I do, I go, I go. <laughs> So a friend of mine and invited me to go to this retreat and and I've heard Spanish. amazing things about trustees. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. They have it both in English and Spanish, and the Spanish has been like about eight years, around about eight years. It's a new community, but the English ones there's there's several and they've been here forever. And she invited me to go. And I got to listen to a lot of, I've been, ever since I've been like, very involved with Tres I actually am, I volunteer twice a year. I did a website for them. I, I do a lot. Yeah, I do a lot for them. And that's a way for me, you know, to be serving the Lord. You sure. know, I, I, I always say that I, the Lord has given me so much that for me to be able to give back mm -hmm. something that, that like Tres you know, like can bring more disciples to him and, and spread the word, the good word of who he is, his love for us. So, and 
so I, I do volunteer. I do a lot for the community. But uh, ever since 2014, I've been able to listen to a lot of testimonies of different women, Hispanic women that are here for X or Y reason, you know, what brought you to this country. It's a different story, but they're here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, they feel that because they're here, they, they have to either be... Uh, it's okay to be abused or disrespected by their spouse or some of them get pregnant just because they have, they feel there's nothing else to do with their life here, right. which is not true. This right. is a big lie that the enemy has been telling them and it's like, no, sure. you, there's so much you can do here. You know, there's some, so many things you can do to take care of yourself, take care of your children. You don't have to put up with that, that abuse or, or that mistreatment, whatever it is. So... And I love how you lift other women up. And, and that's, you know, that's what I like to do. It's just yeah. to empower them. Here, you can do it. I'm a coach. It's like, yeah, come on. It's like a, really like a, like a the UGAs. Uh, what's his name? The, what's the name of the... Margaret? Yes. No, the one, the new one. Oh, I don't, I don't. Anyway, him and my husband loves him today. My son went to Georgia. So in my house, my house all they talk about is Georgia. But anyway, it's like that. It's just like yeah. the, the cheerleader, the, the coach, you can do it. Right. But this is what you need to do. Right. You need to learn about culture. You need to learn to speak English. You know, sure. don't stay just with Spanish. You need to learn. To, it doesn't matter how good or bad you speak it. It's just most Americans have been very grateful that you even try. Right. So there's so many places you can get free uh, help, like English, ESL. The Latin American Association, they offer classes for, to open up how to start a new business, how to, to write a business plan. Wow. All for free. Yeah. So and if just, you could just point them in the right direction. Exactly. You, you're changing their mind. And that's, that's, that's my call. Yeah. That's what I feel I that's the, the way God wants me to do with my life from now. You know, I'm not a young chick anymore. So. <laughs> you, you look like a young chick. Oh, well, thank you, but I'm not. <laughs> So this is my time to give back, Yeah. to give back to the Lord, to give back to the community. And who, who better than women from my own culture? Oh, absolutely. So, so that's how, you know, so, um, so back to my working with my husband. So, I, you know, God planted the seeds like that, like a niche, you know, like something that you got to do. Yeah. You have to do it. This is, you know, you need to start working with your husband, even though, Respect your husband, to be his helper, and everything that the guy, will, the, the guy, sorry, the Bible calls us to do. It's just, I, I needed to do, I could help him in a different way, mm -hmm. but uh, I needed to start working with him. We had to start working together. Right. And after praying and praying and praying, just like it happened finally last year. So I opened my business in 2017, September 22nd, to be exact. And it's going really well. It has been really, we, uh, I've been interviewed and they, they invited me to speak this really? Friday. Yes. Really? Uh, to, How exciting. Yeah. For women that have, with other women that have uh, blogs for Mother's Day. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to add that link to yeah, this okay. so people can... Um, okay. Click on it and, and see that. Yeah, it's this Friday uh, okay. at 1 o'clock. So anyway, so it's going really well. And I, women that have been able, I have been able to help either through 
uh, webinars or live presentation. They're, they're very excited and and God is using me. That's for sure. That just I'm being just an instrument for oh. His glory. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, let's step back a few years and. I know I mentioned the Thrive Group. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what the experience was like for you guys? Oh, it was, we were newlyweds and <laughs> newlyweds, second marriage, blended family, mm -hmm. which is a different recipe, <laughs> completely different. And, and we needed something, you know, like we teach us the, the tools we have. We both have been divorced for a while. I was divorced for 10 years. He had been divorced, I believe, for eight so we needed like like a refreshment, yeah. <laughs> you know, like refreshing course. I had to be married again, and because after you've been divorced for so long, you create your own routines, your own sure. habits, yeah. and especially you you have your own children, and you're taking care of your kids. And right. he was taking care of his son. I was taking pretty much full time on my children. So it was like a new new dynamics of yeah. the relationship, bringing children, getting to know, you know, okay, now that's his stepbrother, oh, that's his stepsister. <laughs> it's not just us, it's right. not just the marriage, also the family, yeah. you know, the, the extended family and the blended family. And even there's though, a lot of dynamics to figure out. Oh, a lot. So Thrive really helped us to, even though it was very early in the marriage, it helped us like, oh, okay. This is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> oh, this is how we're supposed to be sharing. Oh, this is how he is because he's a man. Or oh, this is how she is because she's a woman. And so it was really good to go through that early in our marriage, mm -hmm. you know, and and because of that, because we, we had forgotten. And what was what what does it take to be married again? And it's not just like, okay, let's get married, everything is gonna be fine. And I know. <laughs> and that's part of what some people believe. So I love, you know, my spouse as much as I could love them on the day I get married. That should carry us. Oh, no. And there's, and, and that was a surprise to me too, that it, if you know the tools, you'll learn that conflict's not bad. It's how you recover and repair from conflict. And if you're not brought up learning how to do that, you can get stuck. Exactly. And you can think conflict's bad, so I'm never going to share how hard it is in my marriage. And then, you, then you're really isolated. And so that's what I love about Thrive is it is an excellent curriculum. It's it is. It's really well done. But then you have these other couples are like, yeah, we're fighting too, and that's okay. And we're like, yes, it's okay. <laughs> no, and, and the mix of couples, you know, some like us, there were like two or three couples, newlyweds. I yes. don't remember how many were. It was a while ago. And some other had been married for a very long time, right. 15, 18 years. Like, oh, you have the same problem that we're having. <laughs> <laughs> I thought because you weren't us, we were newlyweds. No, it just happened because nobody taught us Right. You know, or nobody say, hey, these are the tools. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to approach this problem. Right. Oh, okay. You know, it's just, it's like going to school. Basis 101, marriage 101. Okay, this is what you need to do. Yeah. I, I, the first time I got married, I was very young. I was 24. Mm -hmm. And I was married for 10 years and they seemed like forever. Those yeah. 10 years were like forever. And and we, even though we, we are sick counseling, it, it didn't help us that much. Yeah. And also, we didn't have, it was no a God-oriented marriage, which is 
essential. Right. You know, it is absolutely necessary if you want to make it work. Yeah. You, when you put a God in, like the triangle, you know, he's on top and the spouse is in one corner and um, the wife is on the other corner. And the more you walk, walk towards God, the closer you get to each other. And you just took the words out of my mouth because it's true. Mm -hmm. the, the more you work and, and develop your relationship with God, the closer you become as a spouse. Right. And it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's also feeds into the dynamic of if you ever have any desire or expectations, if you look at the triangle, God being at the top and the spouses at the bottom, you can have desires of each other, but you can only have expectations of God. When you start having expectations of each other, that's when you run into problems. And I don't know if we shared this back then, but I was like, well, how do you know a desire has turned into an expectation of your spouse? And the key is when you get angry. When you get angry, that's when you know you've placed an expectation on your spouse. And you're like, oh, I need to let go of this. And that's what's so frustrating and hard sometimes about marriage. Oh, yes. It's like, wait, you're not doing what I expect you to do. <laughs> that's the problem. We have expectations, you know. Yeah desires and, and expectations. I and mean, we make lists of, okay, he's supposed to be doing this, 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 and this. And right. if he doesn't do it, he doesn't love me. Or he's not doing his part. Yeah. How, what am I supposed to do my part if he's not doing his part? Yeah. What I do nowadays is when I feel that anger, you know, I start feeling that anger on me, like, God, he's yours. <laughs> you fix him. <laughs> Call me. Help me to calm down. Help me not to, to explode. Help me not to, you know, make this a big deal out of this. Right. Help me to retreat from this situation for a few minutes. Yeah. You know, help me to calm down. It's just like, he's yours. Yeah. You fix him. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's just like, you cannot fix your spouse. Right. And you've mentioned a couple of powerful principles. So one, you're giving it up, mm -hmm. right? You're not trying to fix your spouse, but also you mentioned taking a pause and there's different types of personalities. It's easier for some to take a pause than others. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I can pause, but I can pause for days. I can pause too long. Russ can barely pause. You know, he just wants to fight and get it over with. And so we've both learned to pause. And if I pause too long, my promise is I come back sooner than later. He's learning to pause in the moment, which is, I think, harder. But pausing is what allows, you know, when we feel that tension and anger, there's like this explosion of hormones inside our body. And the pausing, from the science perspective, it allows the hormones to be reabsorbed. And now you're no longer in your lower brain. You actually go up to your high, you know, prefrontal cortex, and now you can think more clearly. Mm -hmm. That's why whenever you walk away from a dispute or an argument and you come back later or even a, you know, a day later, you're like, wow, I'm not even in that headspace anymore. Because there is scientific proof that you need to walk away yes. from an argument. It'll prevent you from saying the wrong things. And there's all this brain science now that says it helps you to have a more loving, caring, and more creative, which you want to be more creative when you're talking about whatever argument that you're in, because creativeness leads to compromise. Whenever you think something's black and white, this is something when I was in, you know, 
a counseling session with our counselor, Boyd, I mentioned something and I said, it's either this or that. And he goes, oh, it's either black or white. And I go, yes, exactly. And he goes, well, you're flooded right now. Meaning you're, you know, I'm full of enraged with hormones. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not flooded. I'm right. It's black or white. <laughs> and he says, okay, you're flooded. And he goes, let me show you. If you cannot be creative in this moment or think of an alternative, you are flooded. So now I know when I look at a situation and I can only see it's either or, I'm like, okay, I need to wait till I can calm down. Because once I calm down, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, here's an alternative. So those are, I mean, I'm throwing out a bunch of principles left and right here, but those are just some of the things that have really significantly helped us when we get stuck, when we get stuck with that anger and that tension. Besides adding to that is the cultural factor. You know, we are from different culture and Latinos, women are very emotional. You know, we are emotional. We move our hands and we loud and... And even though Ray, he's half Spanish, when well, his dad was Spanish. And, but it's just like the cultural aspect, like, okay, I need to stop. I need to stop my Colombian part of me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can like, only imagine. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> just walk away. I, I might need a day. I might need a few hours. Or I just might need to go for a walk or right. exercise or, or just pray, right. you know. But uh, it's just like, the, the differences in culture also plays a very important mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. Just like anyone who's listening to this, <laughs> take that into account because it's just, that's another factor you need to add to the, the whole, you know, recipe of yeah. what takes a good marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. Tune in next week as we wrap up the conversation with Marcella Reyes. Want some more insight on how to strengthen your marriage? You can find new blogs posted every week and a new live monthly webinar. Just go to intentionalmarriages.net. That's intentionalmarriages with an S dot net, N-E-T. Thank you and stay intentional.